Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 22, Change Partners. Mary, what happened this week? Brenda and Donna find a dog, and it's Donna's turn to keep it. They decide to name him after the composer, Sergei Rachmaninoff, calling him Rocky for short. The dog does have a collar, though, so Donna sets out to find the owner by making some adorably confusing and a little bit shitty signs. David finds a few shaved spots on Rocky's belly, and they aren't his nipples. They take him to the vet, and it turns out Rocky recently had surgery. They find out he belongs to the university medical lab, where he was a test subject. Brenda and Donna worry about the ethics of bringing him back to the lab, but decide it's the right thing to do because they don't know what kinds of tests were done on that poor puppy. On their way to bring Rocky back to the lab, they're confronted with some animal rights activists who try to stop them from bringing him back. Andrea lectures them on the benefits of the types of research and testing being performed, citing the human lives this kind of stuff saves. In the end, Donna and Brenda let Andrea take Rocky back to the lab, but they do sign a petition to end animal testing at CU. And it turns out Rocky's escape kind of ruined whatever study they were doing on him, so Donna gets to keep the puppy. I'm very curious about what, because yeah, they say he got out of the control group, so he's like no good anymore. I'm so curious what they were doing with him. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think they would plant the seed or at least have a group of animal rights activists at CU to just throw it away. But how many times have that I've been wrong about a direction this show is going to go in? So for all we know, it was just there. They got some like extras and were like, hey, can you just say this one line and then be done and be really passionate about this dog? So who knows? But yeah, I mean, I do think it's interesting that they're starting to bring up stuff like that because like obviously we in the season we had the abortion stuff. We had um, we've had a lot of talk about like um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when two when two people of different races date each other. Um, Interracial. Thank you. I don't know. I kept wanting to say biracial, but that's not what that means. Um, but, you know, we started to have like a lot of different types of social issues that have come up and I kind of appreciate that. So I hope they don't just let this one go to the wayside and they kind of explore it. I just don't know how they're going to do that. I know. I keep having to remind myself that there are 31 episodes this season. I think so. Because, yeah, I was like, it's episode 22. Like, we have so much to do. I was thinking it's like, you know, how shows kind of hit that, like, lull in the middle of the season where it's like we're just going to have some, like, character development. Maybe there's not, like, a ton of plot development if there's a season-arching plot. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, like – it picks back up at the end and you're just like, I have no idea how they're going to finish this. Totally. Yeah. And this is one of those shows where I don't know if television shows really did the big cliffhanger type stuff or, you know, this isn't really a type of show that has a quote unquote like big bad other than Lucinda and like <laughs> has to resolve so many things. I mean, the only, cause like, if I think back, really the only kind of cliffhangery stuff we got was resolved in the season finale, which was when like Brandon and Brenda almost moved back to Minnesota. So, but it was mm -hmm. resolved in the season finale. So it wasn't like they were going to leave us there. But Brenda had her pregnancy scare. 
That's true. That's true. Yeah, because, I mean, like, think about it. We have, you know, nine episodes left after this, and we've got Brandon on the task force, Brandon and Lucinda, and then, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that's happening between the four of them, which we'll get to when we get to, presumably uh, animal testing. And I feel like there's something else I'm missing. Andrea's pregnancy. I was even thinking it earlier. I was like, I wonder if she's far enough along that they'll like she'll have the baby this season or we won't see the baby until next season. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I I honestly don't remember, which surprise. Um <laughs> But yeah, it seems like there's a lot to do, but we still have nine episodes. That's usually like halfway point or not halfway, but a little over halfway in a standard show today. I know. I just like I, I just feel like there's so much mm-hmm. to do and I, I don't know. I mean, that's in the future. Right now, there's a puppy on campus. There sure is. Like, I, I'm not even kidding. My notes are literally just like, there's a puppy on campus. And look at him sitting down like such a good boy. Right. And then he sees food. He's hungry. <laughs> and I'm like, he sees Donna and Brenda and just knows that Donna is an angel on earth and goes to follow her. Like, I would have died if he went into class with them. Right? Yeah, it's so funny. We even get a little camera view from his perspective. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which, oh, my. I didn't write it down. But the director who did this episode has directed on, like, every single TV show you would ever think about. Oh, interesting. Like, I know she did Gilmore Girls. Weeds, she did one episode of Grey's, three episodes of Gilmore Girls, four episodes of One Tree Hill. <gasps> she's done uh, everything. She's done everything. I was and like, I'm just listing stuff that I know that we've seen, and that's just what I know that we've seen, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize she's actually done quite a few episodes of 90210 so far. <laughs> she did... Uh, uh, the first time, perfect mom, things to do on a rainy day, high wire. Um, oh my god! Okay, <laughs> presumption. So, <laughs> we've talked a little bit of shit about her before, <laughs> but yeah. I feel like we've praised her too. So, um, what did you do, is... Gilmore Girls? That's where I was just looking for. Uh, she did forgiveness and stuff. Uh, that's what you get, folks, for making Whoopi. Oh, I like that episode. And Lorelai. Lorelai. <gasps> that was a good episode. Well, one of the few good episodes of season seven. Yeah, I know yeah, them all like- by name. I- <laughs> I'm not ashamed. <laughs> it's okay. I can do that with a lot of Buffy episodes. What'd she do of One Tree Hill? <clears throat> one Tree Hill, she did... Between Order and Randomness, What Could Have Been, Return to the Future, and Can't Stop This Thing We've Started. Huh. Okay. What was the episode of Grey's? Haunt You Every Day. Is there like a season or year? It says 2007. So So that would have been Okay, so that's pretty early. Yeah, that was like- Season four, episode five. Meredith Um... feels she's being haunted by her mother's ashes and Christina is denied a surgery for a surprising reason. Okay, no, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Michael's past it, but I'm not there yet. 
Did I tell you Michael finished Grey's Anatomy and is like watching it as it's airing now? Good for him. I know. Like, I I I need to talk to him about some stuff then. (laughs) (laughs) He's also watched like all of Station 19. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, she's done two episodes of Station 19. If That's they're awesome. in season one or two, I might have seen them. <laughs> um, no, season four. Okay. But anyway, puppy. Puppy. Yeah, he, again, is a perfect dog. He sees them and he goes to follow them, but he doesn't go into the student center. He waits outside for them. <laughs> and then they come out of class, presumably like an hour later, and he's just back at it. He's just like, oh, okay, we're leaving now. he's just a good little boy and i just assume he's a boy because i do this weird thing with dogs where all dogs are boys and all cats are girls i don't know why sometimes you just look at an animal and you're like that's a he Mm Mm-hmm. yep it's true but that dog is super cute and he just like is a good little boy i assume i'm just gonna call him a boy which we learn later he is a boy i guess like they never look down there but (laughs) yeah i mean they just keep saying rocky right which I guess Rocky could be a girl too. I don't want to assume, but it could um, be. But yeah, it's it's interesting because like when Donna and Brenda are coming out of class, they're like talking basically about like the the class I just had about monogamy and all and polygamy and stuff like that. And so Donna is just she is just still not about Lucinda at all. Um, and they kind of make a joke about. Dylan, or not Dylan, um, about Stuart, and then it leads into Brenda telling Donna what she told Dylan last episode, and she wasn't nearly as shocked as I was. <laughs> I like, I think that's my favorite part, is that, like, Donna is just very, like, go with the flow on some of this stuff. Yep. Like, she's just like, oh, yeah, you said you love Dylan, who is currently dating your best friend who he cheated on you with, and da-da-da, like, okay. And, like, she even, like, stops the conversation to be like, we're being followed by a puppy. (laughs) Yeah, she's, like, so uninterested in what Brenda had to say, which, I mean, don't get me wrong. Every time I see a dog, like, walking around, I'm like, I love you. Like, I, you know, I talk to it, and I tell it I love it, but... But yeah, she's so uninterested in this conversation that she's like, hey, Brenda, guess what? We're being followed. And I thought it was so funny when, which we know his name is Rocky, so I'm just going to call him Rocky, when he like starts to see them look at him. So he darts in a bush. Like (laughs) he does the full on spot, like really bad spy of like, oh, 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 I'm going to hide. And so finally, like, yeah, Donna says we're being followed. And then it turns out, Here's little Rocky. Oh, my God. He's so cute. Yeah. And, like, they end up in the parking lot. She, like, opens a little bag of food that she had in her purse so that they can give him something to eat. And then he jumps in the car. And Donna's just like, yeah, I guess we're taking this dog. <laughs> and Brenda's like, um, dude, you're in my seat. <laughs> and Donna could not care less. <laughs> She's literally just like, actually, I think this is his seat now. Exactly. Just get in the back, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Brenda would never, even for a puppy. Not even for a puppy. And then she ends up just, like, making the dog get out of the car. She's like, no, you can't sit with us. 
Right. And she's like, well, we can't take a dog. Like, it has a tag, but it doesn't say who it belongs to. We can't just take someone else's dog, which is fine. But, like, don't just leave it there. (laughs) Exactly. Like, and in the parking lot. And then the dog to be paying attention. Right. And the dog literally runs after the car, which I immediately freaked out and thought this this dog is going to get run over by a car. Also, though, can we talk about how he is the goodest boy? Like amazing tracking skills. Amazing. Running so fast. Mm-hmm. And like even when he he gets into the peach pit, <laughs> yeah. he figures out how to push the door. Or he strategically waits behind a dumpster and, you know, does the whole sneak in, sneak out kind of thing, is his own lookout, waits for somebody to prop open a door to take out the trash, and then he darts in the door right when nobody's looking, and then he finds his way to the peach pit. He's just so smart. So smart. (laughs) And then apparently, I guess, like, this act of following them all the way to the peach pit they're just like okay yeah i guess he's ours now yeah exactly oh my gosh it's so cute when he just runs in and they're like and nat's like hey get that dog i don't even remember i didn't even write down what nat said because i was just so excited the dog came into the peach pit and uh this is when andrea is in the peach pit and she's like you know got her ultrasounds and they're talking about how the baby looks like a burger like a mega burger yeah I love Stevie's like, maybe I'm just hungry. This baby looks like a burger. <laughs> but they're looking at this ultrasound, and this is when Andrea tells them that she got the weekend job at the medical research lab and that she needs to save money for the the baby and all this kind of stuff. But she's planting seeds that, like, I am at the medical research lab where they are testing on these animals. And you guys, presumably more Brenda than Donna, are going to be, like, involved against it like Donna's against it but she's very much just like I don't want to hear about that right and and that fits her personality more too because Brenda always like she kind of gets more passionate about certain subjects than others and Donna while a passionate person just hasn't really shown kind of that like fire she like because like we said earlier she's a go with the flow kind of person so she's probably going to be like upset about something obviously stuff is bad stuff is good whatever but she's not going to be as passionate or like enough to actually go and do something and take action, that sort of thing. And like, I do feel like Donna is like, they're both sensitive, but the way that Donna handles her sensitivities is different than Brenda's. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like you said, like Brenda is going to be like the go getter, like this is wrong and I have to do something about it. And Donna is going to be the like, this is wrong, but it's really upsetting for me to think about. Exactly. So they decide that they're going to keep the dog. Brenda tries to say that it should stay at Casa Walsh with her. But I think Donna is just like, no, no, you had the last dog the last time you found a dog. It's my turn to have the dog. Right. And then Brenda's just like, okay, but I get like shared custody or something like that. Yeah. And then they they take her, take him to the beach apartment where Donna proceeds to re- draw up the worst <laughs> posters. And, like, I don't know if you noticed because it was only on screen for, like, a minute, but whoever made the poster for the props department did the same thing from uh, Donna Martin Graduates where they, like, ran out of room as they were writing on it. 
I didn't even notice that. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was like call five five five, and then like it got smaller and smaller. It was going one 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 one. <laughs> That's awesome. But the puppy is. I'm convinced that whatever research they were doing on this puppy was to make him incredibly intelligent. Oh, absolutely. Because he's drawn to David playing music. And like he just he just sits there quietly and listens to him play music. Mm-hmm. And he it seems like he even likes the music. Like he really enjoys what he's hearing. And then like once David is done and he has like put his hands away from the piano, that's when the pup, you know, jumps up and is like welcomed with open arms because everybody loves Rocky. And that's when they notice that he's got the like shaved patches on his skin. Yeah, exactly. Which I didn't see them, but I believe that they're there. <laughs> but yeah, right. I mean, that was the same. But you like this was like when the I guess the thing happens when anybody sees a puppy when it takes over that soft spot in you or whatever. Because like David's face was so concerned. <laughs> like he was like just his belly. <laughs> like. Like, he couldn't handle something bad happening to this dog that he met five seconds ago. Right. What is he saying up? I've just met you, and I love you. Oh, 100%. That's how I feel with every dog I ever meet. No, it's so cute. So I was, like, 100% positive that David was just, like, feeling the dog's little titties. Like, <laughs> it's like, what are these shave spots? And there's like these little bumps. And I'm like, that's, that's nipples, David. And then <laughs> no, there was, there was something actually there. Yeah. But like, okay, it's kind of weird when you have like a male pet and like, you actually like feel their nipples on them. Anyway, so they find the shave spots. And they start getting concerned that, like, something has happened to this dog. So they take him to a vet for a checkup where the vet confirms, like, oh, yeah, you know, you shave a dog for surgery. And, like, these would be in the places where they would put patches for an EKG. Mm -hmm. And then as she's, like, doing this routine exam, she's like, the dog, you know, looks like he's totally fine. But if he had surgery, like, I can't be sure. And then she goes to check his ears and sees that he has a tattoo inside of his ear denoting that he's from the medical research lab. Right. Which, you know, now we know, hey, we have an insider into the medical research lab because we remember that Andre got that position there. Um, but also, you know, the vet says something interesting, too, that he seems to be fine, but he was likely let out of the experiment, not necessarily the vet said because he wasn't a good candidate, but because likely a person who was per either performing some of the experiments or involved in the experiment in some way felt bad about what was happening and let him go. And I just thought that was so interesting that that's the direction that they went with it instead of just saying, oh, he probably was a test subject at one point and is out of the experiment for whatever reason. Maybe the experiment's done, you know, maybe um, the results were inconclusive, like what, you know, whatever. But they decide to go the route of the empathy side, which, again, based on what we see later with the animal activists, that falls in line, right? We're, we're, they're trying to make this um, empathetic emotional attachment to the animal research, to the animal activist group, to go that route rather than to just say 
no, this was a fine experiment. It was just over. You know what I mean? Like they they made a point to kind of tug at you a little bit. Yeah, I I could totally see this ending up being that, you know, somebody let the dog out and we're going to find out who let the dog out. Who, 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 who? <laughs> because, okay, so somebody let the dog out to get him out of the research. We're going to find out who they were either through Brenda becoming an activist or Andrea finding out inside and then having to like deal with this internal back and forth of like, do I, you know, compromise my integrity as a person knowing that we're mistreating these animals or do I compromise my integrity as a scientist? Like she's going to have to have that internal battle. Right. Or, or Brenda decides to get involved with the animal activists and goes like hardcore into it because that just feels like a thing Brenda would do because she loves drama and right now she has none in her life. She has a void that she has to fill. Right. Like she's, we've talked about this the last few episodes. She's kind of been there, but not important. Kind of like Steve has been a little bit there, but not important. And so maybe this is a way to finally get Brenda a plot line <laughs> in the back nine of this season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I could see it going either way because I can see on the Andrea side, her like, maternal instincts kicking in because of her pregnancy so I can see her feeling bad and thinking oh I need to take care of this creature like what if not that they're testing on humans but like what if this was my pet what if this was my like you know my family member things like that so I can see that but then yeah of course I can see the Brenda stuff too she's she loves the drama she loves being passionate about stuff so either way I'm excited to see what happens though yeah that that's a good point I didn't even think about the fact that like Andrea is pregnant and want to have like maternal instincts and like feel her feelings more. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, so they, they figure out that this animal was a part of the medical research lab. The vet tells them that, you know, it's kind of their duty to call the medical research lab and tell them they found this animal. And Brenda and Donna are like, well, I don't really want to do that because it, they might have been mistreating him. So we're going to talk to Andrea before we talk to someone we don't know, mm -hmm. which makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you have an insider in there. I mean, might as well. Um, so then, yeah, they, they decide to, I think the next time we see him is um, Brenda and Donna taking him to the medical center. Um, and mm -hmm. so it's at this point, like we've been teasing this whole time, that they do run into an animal rights group. Um, and that group, to, you know, tries to convince them not to take him in. But then Andre comes out and, you know, it kind of takes an interesting turn because obviously we know Andre is all about science and very logical thinking and things like that. But she kind of goes to the resort of saying that the animal rights activists are spreading their lies, which I thought was just a little extreme um, and could have been a great. And, and this is not I think it's a right move by the writers to do this. But I'm saying if this were to happen in real life, that could have been a good opportunity for her to educate the animal rights activists on what it is they actually do as opposed to just attacking them and saying you're spreading lies like instead of saying that like no that's actually not true this is actually what we do da, 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 da. but we totally hear you and we absolutely don't support harm you know harmful treatment of animals like you know what I mean like that in real life that could have happened differently but I do think it was a very natural response for the writers to take to be on that side and also feel passionate about what you're doing on the research side 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, I kind of see it as like we don't have enough script to have this happen, and we are building up a plot, so we can't have Andrea like putting people in their places or them having you know an educated discussion between the two of them. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I do think it's interesting that you know the animal rights people are like you know this is the kind of stuff they do to animals and then Andrea just says like the research we're doing saves lives she doesn't actually say they're not doing it right totally and that's another interesting word choice there so yeah no, they're being like very vague about all of this and then you know Brenda and Donna do agree to ultimately give Rocky to Andrea to take him inside but then at the end of the episode Andrea and Jesse show up at the beach apartment with Rocky and essentially say that he's worthless so you can have him like you could have said something different like (laughs) he's not a worthless animal he's just I don't I don't I'm trying to think of a word you could say like scientifically I I mean like I don't know she could literally just leave that part out and just being like he got outside of the control group so he's gonna skew the results if we keep him therefore we can't and I know you love him. Perfect. Yeah, that would have been super suitable. But instead, they decided to demean the dog. The poor they defenseless really animal. Weird. They get really weird at the end of it. Because right before she shows up, uh, like Brenda and Donna are talking about like the animal rights and all of this stuff about the research lab. And for some reason, Brandon is just like, I'm going to go personally get you another dog just so you'll stop talking. Yeah, like, what was that about, too? Like, I understand that, like, people can be pretty long-winded when it comes to something they're passionate about, but, like, this is the first time you've heard of this, Brandon. Like, just let her talk. (laughs) No, Brandon's default setting is nagging people. Ah, God. Also, he was already grumpy about a bunch of other stuff that we are gonna talk about. That's true. Oh, yeah. He was super grumpy. And, I mean... Like, we're done with Rocky's story, so let's get to it. Yep. Okay. Callie and Brandon go to a weekend task force retreat together, and Dylan's fine with it. He's going to be busy considering whether or not to give Lucinda documentary money anyway. Brandon does the jealousy thing for like 10 seconds before old Lulu reminds him he could be using his mouth to make out with her instead of make that face. By the way, three steps to getting in a fight with Brandon. Number one, hate sports. Number two, mention anything about Dylan, bonus points if it's money. Number three, don't be jealous of him hanging out with another girl. Lulu meets up with Dylan and shows him footage she filmed for her documentary. She tries to impress him with how worldly and insightful she is, except about men, and also makes him spicy Guatemalan dinner. She lights candles and kisses him. And Dylan makes his exit from that situation off screen. Lulu goes to the peach pit where she confronts Dylan for leaving, saying she's very attracted to him and not just because he might fund her movie. At the retreat, Kelly rooms with the Chancellor's daughter and Brandon gets Richland, who is clearly on to his relationship with Lulu. Brandon confides in Kelly about this whole situation. They square dance and Brandon doesn't even complain. They take a trip down memory memory lane, Brandon remembering the last time he danced, which was apparently with Kelly, and that time Emily gave him drugs doesn't count. 
Kelly's all, remember that time I hit on you and you said I was like your sister? Then they kiss. Before Kelly reminds Brandon that they have people at home who trust them. It doesn't stop them from kissing like three more times, though. Ugh. The gang gets together at the beach house where Brandon gets all jealous seeing Kelly and Dylan's kissy reunion. He goes back to Lulu, who pretends to have missed him the whole time he was gone. Thousand percent on board with calling her Lulu for the rest of the time she's on the show. <laughs> it definitely takes away from her, like, confident, mysterious, like sexy bravado like calling her a lulu <laughs> takes it down it. a peg it's funny though no it's definitely it's definitely like you have lucinda mm-hmm. and then you have lulu yeah exactly it's like the difference in like what you're called as a child versus what you demand to be called once you're like in college <laughs> This is where we see Brandon just, like, sprinting through campus like a bull in a china shop, just, like, forces his way into the student center and, like, almost right smack dab into Kelly, asking her if she's got her bug spray ready for the weekend trip, for the weekend getaway for the task force. And he's got this, like, poster thing in his hand, Um, which I will admit, they do have good chemistry. I did. I was like, they are absolutely flirting. And like, there is good back and forth going on. But you like the problem is the content of the back and forth is that they're going as friends and Kelly is dating Dylan. Correct. And Brandon is just secretly dating Lucinda. Yeah, because he even asks, he's like, I did notice. He asks if Dylan said it was okay for her to go, and Kelly goes, well, it's not his decision, but I do have his blessing. I was like, that's right, Kelly. It's not his decision. Well, and that's a better reaction to that whole pissing contest we saw last episode. Was it last episode? I think it was. Yeah, Because it was that whole, like, they, you know, referenced her as like a car or a boat or, you know, like all sorts of different things other than a human being. Yeah. So this was much better, at least. It wasn't, I mean, because she was like, well, he doesn't, like, he he doesn't tell me where I go and what I do, but I told him, so. Yeah, I mean, she does, you know, emphasize that they're going to be, like, well chaperoned or something, I think. And so, like, okay, whatever. But, like, it's kind of this whole thing that they talk about a couple of times in this episode of, like, well, you don't have to be jealous of, like, me hanging out with Dylan because there's nothing to be jealous of. Or, like, I'm not jealous of you and Kelly when you go hang out, as Lucinda says. But, like, they should be jealous. All right. of these people should be jealous. Right. Like, I think it's it's true and should be the case between a two people that are in a very loving and healthy relationship. But what the person who's saying that the other person shouldn't be jealous is just lying (laughs) like and I don't even think they realize it you know what I mean it's like I don't think Kelly is telling Dylan or or whatever like I don't think neither I don't think either one of them is like intentionally saying you shouldn't be jealous you know of me hanging out with the other person to hurt them like and read and you know manipulate them or lie to them or whatever it just I don't think they're realizing what's going on until this episode like the end of the episode yeah, because they even, like, you know, they're planting all these little seeds, and then K- 
Kelly even says, like, oh, I'm going to Lucinda's class and she's teaching about monogamy this time. And Brandon even asks, like, does she see it as a pro or a con? Right. <laughs> Sorry. My mom is It's a is puppy getting... episode. Uh, yeah, it is. My mom is getting home and so her dogs are barking upstairs. And Noodle has heard it. <laughs> Aww. It's all friends. Continue. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they split off. Brandon goes off to a different storyline for a little while. And Kelly goes to Lucinda's class where Lucinda is talking about the theory of serial monogamy, which we also just talked about with Kelly being a serial monogamist. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we're so smart. <laughs> But the way that she's talking about it uh, in this case is that you have different partners through different phases of your life, which, you know, I think works. Like, you know, Kelly dated Steve in high school when she was one person. Now she's dating Dylan and she's a different person. And then presumably at some point she'll date Brandon, I guess. I mean, they're putting out like we've again, they've given us the Lincoln logs for Brelly, if that's what we're calling it. They, Ke uh, Kelly and Brandon just have to put the log house to, or the log cabin together. Yeah, and I mean, like they're they're literally they're starting to assemble it. They they laid the foundation this time. Yep. They just they they stopped at the foundation. They're not ready to continue and build the walls up. So then, Donna makes a comment asking why you wouldn't just have a new partner every year, which is weird that Donna wouldn't say that. She's been in the longest relationship out of all of them. I know. And, like, they broke up and she's still just like, well, maybe David and I will get back together. Like, she doesn't date anybody else. Right. But it gives Brenda the opening to be like, I've tried it. I don't recommend it or whatever. Which, to be fair, she totally has. And it hasn't worked out at all. <laughs> it's gone so bad for her. Like, yeah. Stuart was terrible. Like, the next thing with them is her literally saying like Stuart showed his true colors last weekend I was like yeah you kind of date scumbags I know it's crazy but regardless of all that like Dylan has come into the classroom because he's going to talk to Lucinda after class and Lucinda basically ends class with being like well maybe you know try out this definition of monogamy where monogamy is just one sexual partner at a time which, like, I think that, I mean, that that is true, but I don't think it necessarily has to be, like, only sex, you know? Like, I feel like, at least for me, the definition is the emotional part of it, too. Like, because you can emotionally cheat on somebody, it's like, if I have a physical relationship with one person, but then with another, I have a deeper emotional connection with no sex... I'm still, I'm not a monogamist at that point. I'm not in a monogamous relationship. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a very pointed scene to have them discussing these various definitions of monogamy in this episode. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, like, part of me is thinking that Lucinda says monogamy as literally just, like, okay, well, I had sex with Brandon last week, but this week I'm having sex with Dylan, and then next week I'll go have sex with Brandon again. Right. Like, it was a very weird way to end the class 
because it almost seemed like she was so focused like it, there needed to be like a comma like but or like and or you know like it's like the the sentence didn't finish or yeah in her case it's like Brandon is who I had sex with yesterday but today so I'm a monogamist every day of the week <laughs> as long as you're not having a threesome it's monogamy <laughs> right. that like I'm not saying that's what she's saying, but, like, it could be what she's saying. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. I don't know. They they have, like, weird back and forth with what they say Lucinda believes in because, you know, they've made all these comments about monogamy and everything and then them being like, but she's divorced. Right. They're, like, shaming her for the divorce and shaming her for, like, I guess – Moving on from that monogamous, I don't know. It's a whole weird, like, which, to be fair, Lucinda is kind of an enigma. And, like, we even see later in this episode, which we're about to get to, like, just how, what's the word I want to look for or want to say? It's like, she's just very deliberate with her, with whatever she does. So I truly believe if she believes in monogamy one time, She's going to be deliberate about it. But then tomorrow, if she believes in polygamy or if she believes in marriage one day, you know, it's like whatever she thinks at the time, she's very purposeful about it. And I kind of find that like really interesting, but also potentially diabolical. So she's making an even better villain episode over episode. <laughs> you know, she's absolutely fascinating. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, they like... Kelly goes up to Dylan and she makes some weird comment of like, oh, you weren't supposed to hear that. I was like, it's a class. Like, why wouldn't he be able to hear what you're talking about and learning right. in your class? Like, none of this was like an opinion that he didn't know about. But they end up talking to Lucinda and she's like, it feels so weird talking to a student about getting money. And then she agrees to show Dylan the documentary footage that she has so far. And Kelly's not going to be there. And Kelly even makes this comment of just like, you two go have fun together. Like, She's very obvious of, like, yeah, I'm not going to be there. Go watch the thing. Like, no concern. No concern whatsoever. And, like, again, we've talked about, like, with especially with Dylan, maybe she should be concerned, you know? But I think at this point, she kind of, like, trusts Lucinda more than she might trust Dylan, which is interesting. Yeah, it's... It's so interesting, like, how all of it works because she has no reason not to trust Lucinda. She doesn't know that Lucinda's sneaking around with Brandon. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I feel like I don't want to say she has a reason to distrust Dylan. Like, they had that whole thing of, like, we can be in a relationship without having to spend all of our time together. Um, But, like, she's just... Kelly's just so evolved right now. She's always been evolved, y'all. We know this. Yeah. Uh, but then we skip forward a little bit. Brandon is sneaking around and he is at Lucinda's watching TV. And I love that she makes the comment of like, I'm actually really advanced for an academic because I have cable. <laughs> yeah. Which I couldn't figure out what that meant. Was that because she has more money or... I think it was supposed to be, like, academics don't watch TV. Like, mm-hmm. they just read books and, like, I don't know, maybe they have public broadcasting. That's fair. Basic That's cable. Fair. 
so I can watch PBS. Because, yeah, he, like, finds the hockey channel, and she's just like, you know what I don't miss about my husband? Sports. Uh, but, like, she says this in such a way that it makes Brandon just, like, kind of huff a little bit and turn off the TV. And then, like, Mary said, like, Lucinda has Brandon down pat to, like, start an argument because the next thing she says is Dylan, and he's like, what, are you going to make him something spicy and Guatemalan? Which, yes. Like, yeah, but also I thought that was a sick burn. Like, like nicely done, Brandon. <laughs> oh, no, I was totally for, like, this little part of it because I do wonder if that, like, got in her head where she was like, actually, that's a really good idea. Yeah, like, that's the thing. She's so diabolical. She wasn't thinking of it. We assume. And then Brandon just says it. She's like, that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> You're right. That it's... did work on one freshman. Why wouldn't it work on another one? <laughs> <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> she was like, oh, you you liked my spicy bread potato thingies. I'll just do it again. Right. Of course, this time, like, they're very clearly tamales. Yes. Which, ugh, yum. I still remember that time that you and John made tamales. Can't remember why. Y'all just came over and we were playing games or maybe we watched a football game. I don't even know. But they were so good and they were so, I don't know. I just, that stuck in my mind and I'll never forget that time you guys made us tamales. <laughs> but yeah, so, then so the third. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it clearly works. Um, I'm still thinking about tamales like years <laughs> later. But <laughs> but no, like then it's like the foolproof last little ingredient that you know, Lucinda just needs to to put together to make Brandon just go over the edge. And it's when they're like talking a little bit about the weekend and she is not at all threatened, jealous, worried, whatever about him and Kelly. And Brandon gets mad about that. Which is very in character for Brandon, I think. But I don't know that I would have, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think of how I would react if somebody, like, I, I would feel like, okay, good, you shouldn't be jealous. There's nothing to be jealous of. <laughs> right? That's the thing that gets me, is he literally just says, like, maybe you should be. Yeah. Like, so you want your girlfriend to, or I guess, hook up buddy, whatever, to feel insecure like, why yeah, do you no. want this woman to not trust you? Yeah. It's, like, that's the thing. I think in his, like, twisted brain right now, because he's, like, all worked up from everything that they've been talking about, is that, like, I think he thinks if she expresses jealousy about Kelly to Brandon that, like, she's his. Because mm -hmm. he's still feeling very possessive about it. She even says – like, right before that, Brandon, I'm not some trading card, and I really don't like this petty jealousy. Like, you know, he's literally – he says, um, you know, every time he gets something he wants, Dylan comes along with his money and takes it, which I don't think has actually ever happened. <laughs> like, technically, he was working at the peach pit to save it, and then Dylan came in and, like, had a cash injection – and just, like, made everyone's lives easier. But, like, Brandon didn't actually want that thing. And it's not like he really had the means to, like, 
do anything about it. Yeah, sure, he probably could have kept it running for the time being until Nat came back, but, like, he wasn't going to convince Joey to, like, not sell the shares. I I cannot think of an actual time that Brandon has gotten something and then Dylan got it after him because of money. Yeah, I mean, even this, like, documentary thing, like, this has nothing to do with Brandon, right? Like, it's not like if Dylan didn't swoop in, how there was no way Brandon was going to finance the film or have a connection to help her finance the film. Like, yeah, I totally see what you mean. There's never been a time where he steals something from Brandon. He just actually comes in and helps a situation where Brandon couldn't. Yeah, and like like you said, it's not like Brandon could have funded this and like there is actually a legitimate hurdle that Dylan's money gets rid of for Brandon. Brandon's mm-hmm. not going to have to sneak around with Lucinda if she gets the grant and no longer has to be his, you know, a teacher while he's on the task force. Right, 100%. Which by the way, the next thing that we see with Brandon is him going to this big task force getaway weekend, which I am loving all of these weird task force events that they're coming up with. Like, they had a hoedown. (laughs) (laughs) They had a downright shindig. (laughs) I just am imagining the writers in in a room just being like, okay, what do academic people do? Like, have you ever been on a task force? No. Well, maybe it's like some kind of mixed adult and younger adult summer camp weekend with a square (laughs) dance. I mean, yeah, like in what universe? Is this an event that would happen? (laughs) I'm like, no, none of it makes any sense because I think they realize that on top of these luncheons and dinners and summer camp weekends. (laughs) We've never actually seen Brandon do any work. So they just kind of throw in him like packing and talking to his parents about his big idea to make senior faculty work more. Like that's it, right? He says he wants to get more teaching hours out of senior faculty. Which that basically just means that get the tenured uh, faculty members to not just, like, chill because their job is safe. You're not going to do that. (laughs) Like, well, and, I mean, when I was in college, like, I know so little about teaching, so I could be totally out base here. But when I was in college, when I was in grad school, all of my grad school professors would, like, teach for a semester and then do research for a semester. And they were supposed to be, like, putting out research papers and like, you know, applying for grants and doing all of these things because that brought in money for the university and like made them like contributors beyond education. So Brandon being like, you have to teach more means that less research is being done. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's actually a bad thing. Yeah. And they're so proud of him for it. (laughs) Yeah. Make those teachers work. (laughs) Like, I I can literally see the, like, cogs moving in Jim's head to be like, if they're working more, then 
Cindy can get out of school faster and Brandon can get out of school faster and Brenda can get out of school faster and then I have to pay less money. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. God, that's so funny. And also, have you noticed, this is just a thought that popped in my head, we've never seen any other student members of this task force. No. <laughs> like, yeah. Who else is on it? It doesn't matter. It's just it's just Brandon, the chancellor, and the dean. <laughs> Best friends. I mean, they're so in love with him. So in love with him. But, like, speaking of love, Brandon mentions that Kelly is going on this weekend away with him. And Cindy, like, latches on. She's like, Kelly, date? And then Brandon, like, is such a jerk. He's like, uh, yeah. Dad, why don't you explain to mom what a date is? Girl, I'm a date right up your ass. Like, right? I feel like Cindy should have just been like, take the bag from him and be like, you're not going anymore. Your idea is stupid, Brandon. It would never work. (laughs) God, he's just such a jerk about it. And so like abrasive for absolutely no reason when his mom just wanted to know what is the situation between him and Kelly I know like he's just he's always snarky and evasive and like it honestly kind of comes back to bite him in the butt a little bit later and I think it's going to come back to bite him in the butt later in the season Mm -hmm. but yeah like Don't be mean to Cindy. All she does is cook for you and tell you your idea is nice when it's not. She's everything you can dream of. She recycles for you. She gardens for you. Appreciate your mother, Brandon. Right. Cindy is a treasure. Mm Mm-hmm. But then we finally actually get to this, like, task force hootenanny. And <laughs> and Brandon just has his arm all over Kelly. He is fully bought into this fake dating scenario. Um, and they walk over, I guess, to like a sign-in bulletin board or just to check out what events are happening and things like that. And he's like, oh, look, they're having a square dance. And surprisingly, he doesn't say that he hates dancing, but, you know, alludes to it with his tone. And then... The chancellor and the dean show up um, along with the chancellor's daughter, whose name is Claire. So her name is Claire Arnold. And just to let you guys know, she is not a one and done. She will be a solid character on this show. Um, I mean, they gave her nothing in this episode, truly. But you could see it coming a mile away from her interaction with Kelly at the end of the episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And with Brandon. Yeah, and, and the age difference is like close enough to where it doesn't matter it doesn't have to matter now, but it will. Um because technically she's like the same age as David right here. If you know, if I we're was just really thinking that. about it. Yeah. Yeah. So and also because Kelly and Claire are going to be in the same cabin, that shows you that, you know, we'll probably get some more scenes, which we get another scene later. Um But yeah, and speaking of people being in the same cabin, Brandon goes over to his cabin, cabin number four, and lo and behold, who is in his cabin but none other 
than Josh Richland. Like, there really is nobody else at this weekend. (laughs) And, yeah, like, Josh is like, oh, I'm here because I'm covering the event for the Condor, which actually makes sense versus doing a feature on Brandon. Right. Uh, And, like, Brandon gets real snippy with him and is just like, oh, I've heard you've been grilling my friends or, you know, whatever he says. And Josh is like, well, I just need a half an hour of your time and then I'll be done. And goes right into how Steve got in trouble and Brandon got Professor Randall to drop the charges. And what did he have on Professor Randall to make it happen? Exactly. He just goes in all the way. And then classic Brandon, he deflects, right? He could be a good politician because he doesn't actually give a straight answer. Um, You know, he deflects. On that situation, he deflects on knowing Lucinda or anything about the divorce, um, you know, and then he kind of turns it around on Josh is like, why are you even doing this? And Josh is just like, um, I don't like you. I thought that was obvious. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like he has said this several times. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, you asking me that question is why I have to do this. Because everyone exactly. thinks you're amazing. But you don't listen. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. I mean, Right. I mean, he's he's just like, um, yeah, I don't like you. I never tried to make it seem like I did. So that's why I'm going to all your friends, all your peers, people who know you, because I'm trying to break this facade because it that's all it is. It's a facade. Yeah. <laughs> like, for some reason, he's made out to be the bad guy because Brandon, like, huffs off and ends up outside and Kelly's, like, sitting on a bench being like, we're supposed to be enjoying the scenery right now like you need to calm down and she calls josh the world's biggest jerk which number one how does she know him other than from what she's heard from brandon i guess or maybe andrea or i mean yeah i think that's it i think that he has been talking to the friend group and asking questions and they just live on planet Brandon where everything is Brandon all the time and the world revolves around a second planet Brandon and like they just refuse to believe that he is not the original boy wonder mm-hmm. and so at this point this is when Josh strolls up to them and you know wants a pithy quote, wants something snarky, wants something good. <laughs> and I'm telling you, if it had been anyone other than Jenny Garth, it wouldn't have worked. But because it was Jenny Garth, she's like, hey, Josh, you want a pithy quote? I'll give you one. Pith off. <laughs> so good. It was like, so good. I don't usually give Jason Priestley credit. But, like, sometimes he crushes it because she did that. And he's just like, oh, she did that. <laughs> like, like, it would have been even fun. funnier if it was, like, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021, whatever year we're in, for him to be just be like, oh, sick burn, you know, like, and walk away. <laughs> but he does, like, the 90s equivalent of just, like, looking back, like, ha got you, son. <laughs> and, like, so, like. Right before that had happened, he does tell Kelly that – because he says Lucinda is 
not his girlfriend, but because mm-hmm. she's like, you don't have anything to hide. And he's like, well, actually, I'm having an affair with a professor. Yep. Yep. And she just like takes it in stride. Oh, yeah. She's like, cool. I'm I'm not even mad. I'm I'm actually impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like the next thing we see with them is they're at the like square dance or whatever and just like hanging out having a great time pretending to be dating yeah they're like fully engaged in the square dance and even josh and claire are dancing and then of course like they have to switch partners because it's the square dance and maybe i should have said change partners because that's the title of the episode um and Jenny Garth has another funny little thing, at least at least the delivery. The, the quote itself isn't that funny, but the delivery was because um, Brandon, when she gets connected back with him, she's like, oh, you know, how's Josh? You had to dance with him. And she's like, he's still out for blood and he's a bad square dancer. <laughs> just, I don't know why, but her comedy is just always good, which, again, I don't know why I'm surprised. She was hilarious. And what I like about you. I mean, I really do think that some of it is the chemistry that Jenny Garth and Jason Priestley have together because like this is where they start reminiscing about the spring dance in high school and Kelly's like oh yeah that's the one where I made a move on you and you said that you thought of me more like a sister so it could never happen and like that was the worst thing that anybody's ever said to me Mm -hmm. and then he says essentially I think this is a little bit of a paraphrase but he says, do you remember everything anyone ever says to you? And she goes, not everyone. And then they just do that prolonged eye contact again. And I'm just like, stop undressing each other with your eyes. I'm going to have an unpopular opinion, or at least an unpopular op- opinion in this podcast. Perhaps not in in the world that has watched this show, but I'm actually not mad about Brelly. You're not either? I ship it. I ship it. I thought about it today because as much as that pissed me off, like I was thinking about it and I was like, you know what? The reason I've hated like literally everyone Brandon has ever dated up until this point is because they're so like there's no time to like really get to know the characters and see them develop and their relationship change. But we have a lot of character development for Kelly for sure and Brandon who in this episode said the words I'm sorry for maybe the second time ever in this show but I decided I kind of ship it and yeah I wouldn't if it didn't if they didn't have the chemistry they have because think about it the re- one of the reasons I think we don't ship Deli is because their chemistry doesn't match Dilda. Like, think about it. Dylan and Brenda are like peak chemistry. Like, anytime they're in a scene together, it's it's just, it, it comes through the screen. And this is kind of the first time, I'm trying to think if Brandon's had really good chemistry with anyone else. I mean, I guess second best would be Emily Valentine, maybe. But this is kind of the first time we really see like both characters have just like really good chemistry with each other. So that's why I kind of like it. Obviously I think Kelly can do better, (laughs) but yeah, I don't hate it. 
I <laughs> I think it's going to be really interesting. I can't decide if I like it or not. That's okay. I think I think it's just kind of pissing me off that like this friend group just keeps cheating on each other and is like, yeah, it's totally fine. We're going to get over it next season. Like, no, you don't. That's not how that works. No, 100%. The timing is awful. I don't agree with the timing at all. Mm-mm. But like, it's going to be fun. Like, yeah. it's going to be a fun story when it happens. And like, we already see this Brandon and Dylan, you know, controversy happening where Brandon thinks that Dylan takes everything away from him. And now Brandon has this opportunity to take something away from Dylan. Like, it is good storytelling. It really is. Like, it's all fitting together really nicely. And it's weird. I I kind of feel like, which most shows nowadays, you know, the first season's always rough, except for, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which had one of the best first seasons of a show ever. But most shows need a season or two to hit their stride. Um, And with Beverly Hills, like, don't get me wrong, high school years were great, but I really think this season they're kind of hitting their stride in terms of character development, some good new plot lines with the exception of Steve, poor guy. Um, but yeah, we like Mary said, we're kind of we're seeing that character development in our core characters. And so it's nice to be able to predict, but also feel comfortable in seeing what they do and we're not just like oh my god what are the you know this is a pivot here and then pivot here and then all of a sudden 180 here it feels like it's coming along nicely and naturally which is fun Mm -hmm. no I'm I'm for it and like I will say so they leave the dance and they you know start talking about how Brandon and Lucinda got together and Kelly makes comments of like you know, the serial monogamy theory and, like, it's so crazy that you're with a married woman and Brandon's like, no, no, that's not what happened. But then he tells her that he's been having more fun with her than he does with Lucinda and he kisses her and, like, she kisses him back and then they break apart and they kiss again together and, like, I don't know, their making out is, like, slightly less face-eating even. I literally wrote down he doesn't really even eat her face that time. (laughs) like that's how you know it's also good because brandon or jason Priestley kisses like a normal person (laughs) it almost felt natural like yes yeah and they looked good together and i can't wait to watch how all of this shit blows up (laughs) and i kind of like brandon when he's being shitty i just wish that he would commit to being shitty and stop acting like he's a good guy. That's fair. I'm telling you guys, I think we talked about this when we when they had the car racing episode back in the day. It's like Jason Priestley is not this clean-cut goody goody two-shoes whatever in real life. Like homeboy loves riding motorcycles and racing cars and like is rough around the edges. Just let him be that. <laughs> No, I I definitely think that there is, like, some fight happening to make that happen. And, like, I really need Josh's feature on Brandon and Lulu to come out. Like, I need him to break that story and get all the way into it and just, like – it's not even going to ruin Brandon's reputation. Everyone still is going to think that he's amazing – 
But, like, just knock him down a few pegs. Even just, like, have Josh have, like, fully written the story. It's going to get on the front page. And then, like, Brandon has to use everything in his toolbox to get the story killed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Like, I'd even be fine with that. But, like, Josh needs to figure this out. And it needs to come out. And Brandon needs to get knocked down a few pegs so that he can be a normal person. Yeah, my fear is that we're going to have this whole buildup of this article and of this feature, and it's just not going to happen. Or it will happen, and it's going to just fuck Lucinda's day up and not Brandon's. Oh, my God. That'd be worse. I, just, I, can't, I can't believe it. Like, something has to happen to Brandon. Yeah. It just has to. Like, you can't have all of this happening, and especially with how he is deflecting with Josh. Mm-hmm. Josh has to know what's happening. Like, sure. I just – I have no reason to believe he is stupid. And Agreed. it's just like, well, he didn't say he was doing it. Therefore, like, no, Josh no. wouldn't do that. He knows way more than he's letting on. Yeah, because he even is literally just like, I need 30 minutes with you. That's not enough time. He's already got it written. He's just verifying facts at this point. And, like, <laughs> the fact that Brandon got all, like, heated and defensive about the topic, that just told him everything he needs to know. Like, I mean, let's be real. Steve flapped his lips for way longer than he should have and told him everything. <laughs> oh, poor Steve. God. They- they don't, they, know they don't know what to do is no, do they Just don't let know him at leave. All. Yeah. Just take him off the show. No, but don't. <laughs> I mean, but don't. But like. But like the not be in a few episodes. <laughs> yeah. Just like if you're not going to do anything with him except make him look like a douchebag. Let him go. Let yep. him go be a keg brother for a little while and he can show up during finals week or something. Totally. Um. But, I mean, that's Steve, and we'll get to Steve when we get to Steve. Because, I mean, we're, we're essentially almost done with this weekend. Like, Kelly, they, you know, break off the kiss. They go back to their own uh, cabins, which is probably such a good thing that they were in separate cabins because I really think they would, might have slept together. Totally. I totally think so. Um, so she goes back to her cabin, which she's rooming with Claire, and, you know, they kind of bond a little bit and they're having a little conversation as they're like walking out to leave at the end of the weekend. And then Claire asks Kelly what Brandon's like in bed. <laughs> it's that's pretty forward. Right. Uh, yeah. Like that's kind of where my mind was going. I'm like. Cool, cool, cool. You met this girl 12 hours ago. Like, that, that's that's a bit much for your new, like, BFF, like, what you're treating her like. Yeah, and then, because, you know, as far as Claire is concerned, Kelly and Brandon are in a committed relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. And then Brandon comes out with Claire's dad, and she, like, in my opinion, very lustily kisses him on his cheeks and says like au revoir bien like she is speaking French to the man which she doesn't know Brandon so she doesn't know you should never discuss (laughs) the French in front of Brandon (laughs) but 
Like, she is very flirty with him. And, like, even in front of her father, who I feel like is just like, uh, uh, we lived in France. We have to go by. Yeah. Like, it was so quick, that end of it, that it was like the chancellor got embarrassed or something. Um, yeah. But so then they leave. And then it's just Kelly and Brandon again. And Kelly kind of explains, like, I can't really play this whole dating game thing anymore. It's just too much, which leaves us to speculate too much because it's teetering on she's che- like cheating on Dylan or she's catching feelings. Which, like, you know, poor Kane almost does, right? Because, yeah. you know, she tells him that she can't do this fake dating anymore. They keep talking. Like, he tells her to make herself less irresistible. And she's like, oh, my God, you're so good with lines. And then they kiss again. And, like, we have talked about this friend group being, like, way too kissy. Mm -hmm. But that's not this kissing. Correct. Like, I think they could probably, in their heads, be like, well, we kiss all the time. Like, everybody kisses everybody. But, like, this is not – this is not friend kissing. This no. is not Brandon and Andrea. No. Which was weird anyway, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely more than platonic kissing, um, which I feel like doesn't happen anymore. Anyway. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, like, them on the show, like, it is very clearly very consensual. Yeah, yeah, And, like, yeah. I do think that, you know, in the past, like, the way that people have experienced, like, expressing love to each other, I do feel has changed throughout, like, generations. And I don't mean, like, romantic love necessarily, like, familial love or, like, friend love. You know, there's, mm-hmm. what, like, 13 different kinds of love or something like that? Yeah. Like, I, I do think that that has changed. And I couldn't tell you exactly, like, when that part of it stopped. I'm sure it is something questionable and makes me sad but like yeah I have never felt the need to like kiss my friends I just don't because that's not not how my life is I mean seriously even at the end of this episode like they're at the beach apartment and they're talking about the dog and you know all these things and Kelly and Dylan are just like hardcore making out on a chair while all of their friends are there and I was like this is weird to me like why are you doing that it is, and it's very clearly, which I don't think – we haven't even talked about Lulu and Dylan and their little escapade, but, like, they – I get the feeling that they're both feeling very guilty, and so they're trying to overcompensate by, like, oh, my God, I missed you so much. Nothing happened at all. I'm just so excited to see you. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Kelly even asks Dylan what he did all weekend, and, like, when Brandon goes to see Lucinda, she's like, I thought about you all weekend long, like – which – I would also like to say when Dylan and Brenda had that little thing, I think in like season two, I think it was Cardio Funk, when they both cheated on each other, like they came clean about it pretty quickly. That's true. Didn't happen this time. Nope. I mean, yeah, we've spent all. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, we've talked about it with Dylan saying the whole, like, once a cheater, always a cheater kind of situation. Cause, like, the whole. Like, Brenda's, you know, confession and, like, all this stuff. But we haven't really talked about the same going for Kelly. And it's like, girl, you cheated too. Like, you were involved. 
And now you're like pretty willing to just cheat on Dylan. So, whoops. Yeah, no. The Brenda, Dylan, Kelly, Brandon, like the intersections are really messy and like everyone is really messy and it seems it's not good. It's a like, love I don't parallelogram. <laughs> I don't understand how anyone would still be friends. I know. Like, the, you, you're just not. But yeah, we have not talked at all about Dylan and Lulu other than the fact that Lulu is going to show Dylan the raw footage from her documentary to, like, kind of keep this going to be like, hey, you should give me that money for the grant and, like, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to show you how smart I am. We're going to have deep conversations about people being happy. And then she wants to make him the spicy Guatemalan food from the Ichtu Paca tribe, which I don't think is a real tribe. When I tell you, like, the face I made when she said, have you ever had spicy Guatemalan? She didn't say it like this, but she's like, have you ever had spicy Guatemalan food? I'm like, you said what now? <laughs> You're doing this. You're doing it. We're just going to call this the tamale. And that's your play. That's in the playbook. And that's your one move. <laughs> right? No, she handles it like very subtly different because like when Brandon came over for spicy Guatemalan food, it was very obvious where that was going. And so like this time, I feel like when she makes Dylan the spicy Guatemalan food, she has to still have that little guise of, like, I am romancing you, but, like, we're also going to talk academically because she, like, lights candles for a romantic dinner and then is like, oh, but we're we're giving blessings back to the earth. Yeah, like, it's, like, like this whole ritual and, like, you know, has historical and ancestral meaning and all that, which, sure, it probably does. She's put probably putting this on. Like, she wouldn't normally just make spicy Guatemalan, Guatemalan food for herself and then just light four candles and then do the little chant like that wouldn't happen and so but yeah I think she's totally trying she not only sees Dylan as this like fountain of money to finance her film I think she also sees him as an intellectual because like let's face it Dylan does have that kind of air to him like that he is an intelligent guy he does things methodically and he he just has that air about him. So she sees that. So she's like, okay, let me dive into this deeper side of Dylan so that he will be more invested. If we happen to sleep together, so be it. <laughs> like, that's how I feel Lulu's thinking this entire time. Yeah, because, I mean, like, their conversation over the tamales is, you know, she says, you wouldn't be here if you didn't want to be. And he's like, who says I didn't want to be here? And then she says, you know, sex doesn't get any safer than when your girlfriend's out of town. Like, I I agree. Like, I think it can be both because I think I think she's really attracted to Dylan. I think she is just a very sexual being. Mm -hmm. Like, you say that she doesn't make tamales and, like, light candles and do all this stuff for herself. But I think she might, like, take herself on some little self-love dates and, like, <laughs> really go out. Like, that just feels like she's, like – I am going to treat myself like the queen I deserve to be. You know, now like, that you say that, like, I can totally see it. Because maybe that's how she builds up so much confidence, right? Like, because she's very secure in her womanhood and in her sexuality that she's like, 
taking care of herself so she can take care of other people. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I think she sees Dylan as an attractive person physically. Mm -hmm. And I think she's really confident in herself. And I do think that she sees him attractive in, like, mental compatibility as well because they've been having these, like, fairly deep conversations back and forth. So, like, I fully see her as, like, this is what it means, serial monogamy, where, like, I was with Brandon yesterday. I'm with Dylan today. Yep. Because, like, the scene cuts off there. So we don't find out for sure until later, like, what happened. But, yeah, you know, she shows up at the peach pit. Dylan is there working. He's, like, really cold to her. And he's like, I shouldn't have even been at your place in the first place. And then he accuses her of trying to sleep with him to get him to finance her film and, like, legitimately calls her a gold digger. Which I feel like is disingenuous. Like, Lucinda's not a great person. I don't think she's a gold digger. She wouldn't have been married to, I think, Professor Randall if she was truly a gold digger. Like, yeah, professors can make hella money. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, I just never got that vibe. I think she wanted to sleep with Dylan for control. Like, obviously to finance the film, but, like, not because it's the money. It's so that she can have something over him. Oh, yeah, I think she's, I think she's, like, a powerful woman who Mm -hmm. is, like, I'm independent. I can do with my body what I want to do, and I would like to use my body and put it against your body. (laughs) And and then you give me money. That's, like, that's how this works but right like, <laughs> i think the two are mutually exclusive like i think she's like even if you didn't give me money i would still like to put my body on your body right 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 no i totally like, i totally agree with that because yeah like we just said she's a very sexual person so i think if she's attracted to somebody she's like you me yep okay cool now after we've done that let's have a normal conversation about academics and if you want to happen to finance my film cool <laughs> Yeah, because, like, let's not forget, Lucinda is really messy and also loves the drama because, like, she is having a sexual relationship with Brandon, who she cannot openly be with. Right, right. Like, that's that's just who she is. And, you know, when he gets on her of, like, well, you're clearly just sleeping with me for my money, like, she gets offended mm-hmm. and leaves. And then I, I almost wanted to, like, her to throw it back in his face. And just have said, homie, I was just trying to sleep with you. Don't flatter yourself. You know, like, I would have loved if she was just so straight up about that. Because, like, that's the thing. I don't think she was offended because of the, like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. It's like, she wasn't offended for, like, the same reasons, like, you or I would be offended, I think. It was more like, she just, like dude, why are you thinking I'm more manipulative than I am or something like that? You know, like, I just wanted to bone. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I completely agree. And I I also think it's really interesting that Dylan jumped to she's trying to, like, sleep with him for his money because it doesn't seem like so far he's been really that 
skeptical of people that want his money. Right. Totally. Like, I don't know. It's Dylan's money keeps coming up as a factor, but I feel like it's not necessarily consistent in how it's coming up as a factor. Like, it would make so much more sense to me if Brandon found out about all of this and was like, well, he's got money. That's why you were going to sleep with him and, like, throws that back in her face. It gets really sexist and also mean to Dylan. Right. Right. Um, But, I mean, that's it. Like, she storms out. Brandon and Kelly come home later. Dylan and Lucinda make no mention of what they did. Kelly and Brandon make no mention of what they did. And, like, the technically the episode ends with Lucinda pulling Brandon into her house, being like, I've thought about you all weekend. Yep, so presumably all is well that ends well with these couples who changed partners over the weekend. Yeah, but we're not done talking because we still have to talk about Steve. Steve's keg brothers aren't helping his situation with Kathy, the RA. Kathy calls Andrea and tells her that Steve is fucking it up already. Andrea tells Steve he can't have any more visitors from keg house in her dorm. Steve fully intends on enforcing the rules until he finds out his good buddy Munts might have the chance to lose his virginity to his girlfriend of two years. Aw. Andrea comes <laughs> by, probably to use the computer, and walks in on Munts and his girlfriend fucking. She hides them from Kathy, but tells Steve that this is the last straw and he needs to move out, like, tonight. The next morning, she comes by only to find a different couple having just fucked, Steve and Kathy the RA. Which, like, I mean, you saw it coming. Oh, The yeah. sexual tension between Steve and Kathy. <laughs> Ever since she corrected him on the computer, his data entry, <laughs> it's been there. Because, yeah, I mean, this, like, this whole storyline doesn't really have much to it. Like, I... I feel bad that the only thing that Steve gets is that, you know, he's antagonizing Kathy with his loud music, his keg brothers keep coming over and causing issues, and it's making Andrea look bad. And, like, therefore, bad Steve. This is your warning. This is your other warning. This is your final warning. Like, but also, Andrea is missing classes for ultrasounds. And yet she's concerned about a dorm room she doesn't live in. Well, and that was my thought, too. It's like she's so concerned about a dorm that she technically doesn't live in, but she wants to keep the dorm. She makes mention at some point that she needs to hang on to the dorm. Why? If she's going to be moving in with Jesse and her unborn child. Right? Like, presumably she can study at her and Jesse's house because, I mean, he's a law student. Like, they can, you know, they can both study. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the library. And then, like, why wouldn't she be able to take her computer? Like, mm -hmm. I know the university gave her the computer and the dorm and all of this kind of stuff to get her to come there rather than go to Yale, which she still should have gone to Yale. <laughs> but, like, they gave her the computer. Why couldn't she just take it? Right. Yeah. So that whole There's thing not enough sense. plugs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but like it none of it makes any sense except to be mean to Steve and he doesn't deserve that because 
when you see him in his dorm room after she yells at him, he's like laying in bed reading a magazine or whatever, and he has a cookie jar full of Oreos behind his head, and that just feels like a really compassionate thing to have in your room when you have a lady over. <laughs> Want an Oreo? <laughs> oh, classic Steve. Just providing. Right? Like, Steve is a thoughtful man. Oh, yeah. Munson, his girlfriend, if they had not been interrupted, I feel like would have partake, par- partook, partook. partaken, partook in some cookies. I think so, too. So, you know, Munson comes in and is like, hey, I really want to lose my virginity. My girlfriend's finally ready. Like, for some reason, he's not going to rent a hotel room or anything. He just wants to go do it in Steve's bed, which is really weird to me that they're all just okay with doing it in each other's beds. like. This has come up a couple of times in reference to the Keg Brothers, and it's really gross. Mm-hmm. But I love that, like, Steve has a soft heart. He's like, okay, fine. You can have my room, but, like, you can only have it for a little while because I don't want to interrupt, like, Andre, and you have to be quiet, blah, 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 blah. And then when Andrea catches them and drops all of her books and Munce's girlfriend is like, go help her with that. <laughs> it's like, she's pregnant. Go pick that up. <laughs> Like, yeah, girl, <laughs> you tell him. I just, I loved her. Like, she was just like, who is this? And then she's like, she's pregnant. And then she's like, oh, it's not yours. Go help her. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, please don't get up. Like, this this storyline made absolutely no sense. Like, it did nothing for the plot. It didn't mean anything. But I don't know. I guess I just find it really funny when Andrea walks in on people doing it. Twice in the same episode. At least the second time Steve locked the door. Good point. She couldn't. But, like, also, why didn't she have a key? Well, she she did have a key because, like, she's, like, banging on the door and, like, it feels like it's very obviously, a, like, a set door because that door kept moving way too much for being a locked door. Um, but, like, she's, like, banging on the door and yelling and being, like, Steve, I told you you had to move out, da 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 And then she does, like, I think she goes to get her key to force her way into the door. But, like, Andrea, if the door is locked and you hear squeaking noises, like, why are you so intent on walking in on this? How did you get that pregnant belly, Andrea, think? <laughs> but then we get the beautiful scene of Steve without a shirt on, like opening the door for her. And then you just like see the door keep opening and who is behind him, not wearing any pants, but Kathy, the RA. We all saw it coming. I didn't expect it to happen so soon, but here we are. I know. And just... I have no words. Steve gonna Steve, man. We all saw it coming. Steve gonna Steve. And you know what? As long as Kathy is satisfied and (laughs) Steve isn't doing anything inappropriate, go for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the fastest, like, enemies to friends to lovers storyline I've ever seen. (laughs) I know. And then, like, for some reason... Like, Andrea shuts the door and then just, like, giggles to herself and leaves. And I guess, like, all is forgotten and Steve gets to stay in the dorm. 
Yeah, like, they're not mad anymore, and Steve is going to stay. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't I care. I feel yeah. like Kathy was, like, the only obstacle of Steve staying in this dorm, and he kept pissing her off, and that made her call Andrea. And now it's just not a problem anymore because they boned. I mean, yeah, that's the storyline. <laughs> is Steve <That's> smart? <laughs> is he smart for doing this or just really stupid? <laughs> I think he's just really stupid. I don't think any of this was purposeful. <sighs> Steve. Gotta love him. I I mean, that's that's it, right? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I have nothing else to say. My true guess is piss off. Okay. Okay. Mary, what's your guess? <clears throat> um, piss off was on the list, and the list is only two. The other thing is Brandon talking about square dancing, and he says, it's not dancing, it's following instructions. <laughs> you are both correct. Oh, my God. <laughs> because it was a tie between piss off, which... Like, duh. <laughs> of course it was going to be that. This has been the most obvious quote of the week ever. Um, but yeah, and then, so, Mary, that was correct. But but what I had as my quote of the week was actually, like, the like also the sentence following it. Because then, like, Brandon says, yeah, it's square dancing isn't dancing. It's just following instructions. And hold on. I'm getting to it in my notes. Um, because, oh, yeah, here it is. He said it's like making square dancing is like making a box of macaroni and cheese. I forgot about <laughs> that part. I did too. So, oh Brandon, like, I just thought Sometimes it was. He's, I, I just thought it was funny because it's like Brandon. When have you made macaroni and cheese? Cindy makes all your meals. <laughs> it's it's what I assume it's like to make a box of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. From what but I can yeah. tell from observing my mother. <laughs> I think I had a third one, potentially. I'm trying to find it in my notes. I, I think I, like, started writing it down, but then maybe I stopped or something or decided I, I didn't want to go that way. I have a yeah. hate quote of the week. Go for it. Um, because I hated it when Brandon was just like, maybe if you make yourself less irresistible. Hmm. Yeah, like I scribbled it and then I wrote barf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I do that sometimes though, is I will like write quotes and then realize like I actually hate them. Like when Donna and Brenda were leaving Lucinda's class and they are talking about the descent of women to our p present pathetic status. Mm -hmm. And I was like, thanks, I hate it. That's stupid. Like, yeah, really? That's, that's what you're getting from this? <laughs> right. And then also in that same scene when Brenda, like, said that with Stuart, if she were with Stuart, she would just be a paid mistress. I was like, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But good yeah. job, guys. Like, totally nailed the quote of the week. Yeah. Ugh, I feel like we got to get a streak going. I know. Yeah. So... We got this week. What are we watching next week? Season four, episode 23, A Pig is a Boy is a Dog. So is this it's like a, a David episode? <laughs> yeah. 
Because it's like, what is it? Didn't we have one that was like the father is the child of the man or something like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have a dog in the episode. We have Rocky. But then we could all say like, men are dogs. So we've got like Brandon. (laughs) You'd all say men are pigs and go with Steve. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could just be like all of them, right? Because like in several instances, you would call a boy a pig or a dog so anyway yeah we'll find out next week but that's what's coming up um yeah and until then you can follow us on twitter and instagram at back to podcast you can also shoot us an email with any thoughts questions comments still waiting on those drawings for lulu the big bad (laughs) or (laughs) see if you can rival donna's uh lost dog (laughs) posters You, you it's low bar so you should be good but yeah, you can send us any kind of email you'd like to at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And I would like to say we did get some responses about Star Wars because uh, I don't remember who it was on Twitter said the Brandalorian, mm-hmm. which then made, I think, Mary say Brando Calrissian. Yeah. Which is like... I hate that Brandon has such a good name for that. But then Charlotte emailed us and said, aren't you David too? Which is perfect <laughs> because I could not figure out where to put David. And True. I just love the idea of like, so I said Steve 3PO. So imagine Steve and David as the two droids. Just like, oh my God. Along. It's it totally so perfect. Worked. It's so good. It works. So like, we love your interactions. Please keep them going. I would love drawings of puppies. I still love Brannigan Skywalker and um, Obi-Wan Drea Kenobi. <laughs> and Stubaka. <laughs> Except not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. It was good for a while, though, man. Um. But yeah, so if you have appreciated all of this content, you can go into your podcast app and you can subscribe and rate and review and like five stars and these like really good reviews really help us get seen. Um, You know, it helps boost us on the ratings so that other people can find us and then we can continue the conversation and get more fun Star Wars mashups. Yeah. Just, it makes us happy. We give you a nice little shout out. We get some camaraderie. It's all good. It's all fun. And so we'll talk to you next week. And from all of us at Back to Podcast, I am Sergey Rachmaninoff. I'm Claire. I'm Lulu's villain origin story. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See ya. <laughs>